0: All right. This is Mike at uh, PAX Unplugged for Darker Days Radio. I'm here live with uh, Danielle Lozon. Pretty psyched to have you here. We've been trying to get this together for, for like two years at this point. I know, right? And uh, really happy to have you here as a longtime writer of many RPGs, yes, uh, including Vampire the Requiem and Mage the Awakening. Yep. So I think first off, you were here at PAX Unplugged last year. I was, so yes. how do you feel about the, the huge explosion, the great expansion of PAX Plug this year?
1: Um, I really am happy to see that it's grown. Uh, last mm. year, it felt a little small uh, as far as PAXs go. You know, I've been around yeah. to several PAXs, East, North, whatever, South, West. Right on. Uh, and so, you know, it was a smaller convention, but it was the first time. And I was, you know, really looking forward to this year as like really coming into feeling like an actual RPG convention Mm -hmm. Um, and I really think it's great it's it's really nice to see so many people here so many people enthusiastic about RPGs um, so many people who've never played RPGs before but are like really excited to check it out and that's it's really exciting I like it
0: oh yeah I remember uh, definitely last year but also a little bit this year there are people that came into I work in the RPG department Mm -hmm. they came in and they're looking for D&D and we're like well D&D signups are over there mostly uh, for adventures league but we have all these other games and their eyes just lit up because like, they didn't realize there were other role-playing right. games out yes, there. yes
1: that that has been very exciting just to be like well, how, well you know what games have you played D D, great have you heard of anything else no let me show you all these other amazing things that we have available that you could play and they're just yeah. oh man i could be a vampire i could be a mage i could be i could be a dog
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah onyx path is in a pretty unique position with yes. pugmire and monarchies of Mao. it's really just you know, draw in that crowd that's absolutely. interested in D&D, but want something a little different, maybe a little spicier.
1: Yes, absolutely. It's It's been really interesting how people come over with just giant eyeballs looking at Pugmire, mm. and then I'm like, hey, there's also this cat game, and they're just like, oh, what? And they, you know, kind of like spin their head around mm. and like get really big heart eyes and then like pet the books and then, <laughs> and then get like look at the price and then look at look at each other and then be like I'm buying it and then like it's really cool to see
0: definitely awesome stuff Moving on from from packs unplugged, what's your uh, what's your street cred? I already kind of established <laughs> it a little bit, but uh, you've been you've been working in the industry for a little while, uh, and you've worked on uh, quite a few different games.
1: Yeah, so I've been in the industry for about ten years, um, nice. and I've been working for Onyx Path since Chronicles of Darkness first came out, when it was called the God Machine Chronicles. Oh, awesome! Uh, bef- you know, before the paradox purchase and the name change and all that um so i've worked on a lot of chronicles of darkness lines since that came out so uh, i worked on uh let's see i worked on demon the descent i worked on changeling the lost 2e i worked on requiem 2e and mage 2e and trying to think beast i did some books for beast i've done yeah a bunch of that stuff i've also worked uh for a while at JWP, developing Seventh C books. Oh,
0: John Wick presents. Yeah, right, J- right, yeah. Right. Sorry,
1: John Wick presents. Yeah, yeah, it's cool. <laughs> uh, developing Seventh C books, and I've worked uh. in. Um, I've worked on Chill Third Edition. Oh, right and, on. Nice. Uh, I worked on Ninja Crusade. I worked on Part Time Gods Second Edition. I worked on. Mm. Uh, I mean, drawing a blank. I worked on a lot of stuff.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, that's cool. Uh, what specifically did you work on for Seventh C? Because I that. Uh. that Game has really exploded back onto the scene lately. Yes,
1: so uh, after 7C Second Edition did its giant-ass Kickstarter, they needed people to help them make all like 11 source books that were going to be coming out from this Kickstarter, and I got hired on actually to make a larp for 7C. And I did create a LARP, and I've run it a couple of times at some different conventions. But they, they also realized they needed developers. And so I developed uh, the Nations of Theia books one and two. I developed uh, nice. the Secret Societies book, which isn't out yet. Mm. Uh, and I also helped co-develop uh, Pirate Nations. I helped co-develop New World. I helped co-develop Lands of Golden Fire. Um, yeah, pretty much if a book came out, uh, I helped work on it. In some way, shape or form,
0: right on yeah all right that's really, really cool to hear, and you know as well as being kind of like the vanguard for Seven C in this way uh, you've been doing a lot to revitalize uh, Vampire of the Requiem yes. second edition because we got uh, the Strix Chronicles and yes. the second edition, and then there was kind of just a dearth of material for a while for for reasons I'm sure yeah um but you know the last two years yeah. really we've been getting tons of stuff we got secrets of the Covenants we got uh, Thousand Years of Night. Thousand
1: Years of Night, yes. yes. With,
0: which has all the Elder Rules, which yes. are really exciting, really cool. Yes. Um, we're definitely going to cover that on the show in the future, because I know my co-host Chris was just floored by it. <laughs> um, you know, it's a really big improvement. Also, just as a side note, it's probably very applicable to uh, people that like Vampire the Masquerade. Yes. Because, you know, we had the old Elysium book from 1993, I think. Yeah. Which, you know, could definitely use some updates and, yeah, and yeah. that sort of thing, so... Uh, Definitely some cross-pollination interest right there.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, as far as the the kind of history of, like, what's happened with Requiem uh, since the second edition came out, and, you know, a lot of that was we were, you know, we just released Blood and Smoke, essentially, and then uh, we were getting ready to release the new second edition, we were not calling second edition at the time, lines, when Paradox purchased uh, the White Wolf IP from CCP, Mm -hmm. and... At that point, we had to—we kind of took, like, hit the brakes a little bit and took a step back, and we were like, okay. What you know? What are we going to do? Are we continuing with this IP? And so it right. took a couple of months of just like, you know, we'll let them settle out what they're doing and all this kind of stuff. And then we'll talk to them. And they're like, yes, go for it. Keep making these books. And we're like, great, we're going to keep making these books. Uh, but at the same time, Rose Bailey, who was the Requiem developer, right. um, was working on her own games and Cavaliers of Mars. And she really wanted to, like, continue working on her own games. And doing mm-hmm. that and developing Requiem was really just... I mean, it was a lot of work. And so yeah, to, to to focus on her own uh, properties and getting her own stuff out the door and the best it could be, she wanted to take a step back from Requiem, but she didn't want to just leave it because she really loves Requiem. And yep. I totally love everything that she did with Requiem 2nd Edition to make it where it is now. And so we talked for a bit and we co-developed uh, A Thousand Years of Night, actually. Oh, awesome. Um, and then... We And then I mostly developed Half Damned with her, some direction from her, cool, which cool. came out after that. And then she was like, cool, I think you've got this. Um, go for it. And yeah. then, you know, now I am the Requiem developer. And, you know, I uh, there's a lot of... Rose's vision that I really like really really like and would not want to change at all and so therefore yeah yep that's all still there and then there's you know of course my own ideas on how things should work and so those show up more in Guide to the Night and hmm. uh, Spilled Blood which will be coming out in, in some months. I
0: got a pretty fun uh, Half Damned relic. Oh yeah? So my copy of Half Damned when you open up the cover it's actually Lore of the Bloodlines for Vampire the Masquerade. Are you kidding? Nope not at all. Totally that's real. That's how it
1: got printed on print Yeah, on demand? it was a
0: it was a misprint wow, that I got that from a, a... Uh, a buddy of mine.
1: That is a interesting misprint. Yeah,
0: yeah, <laughs> definitely. Uh apparently they're the same size. So they were like, "Oh, these are vampires, these are vampires." Interesting. Cover doesn't matter. That
1: is really interesting. <laughs> yeah.
0: So there's probably a cover of Lord of the Bloodlines out there that <laughs> has half Yeah. The,
1: uh, as the, the interns. Yeah, yeah. Oh my goodness. <laughs>
0: Yeah, so that covers a lot of the uh, really exciting stuff that's coming out. Although Guide to the Night, yeah, you just mentioned that. Yeah, um, Guide to the Night
1: just came out yeah. in PDF. It's not quite at POD yet. Okay. Um, we just finished the errata, and it's you know gone off to the printer. But then we have to get some print proofs in to just make sure everything looks okay, like yeah, the art definitely. and everything, saturation before it's like yes, and now you can start printing them and having them delivered to you. Hmm. But that should be um, that should be relatively soon because it's a pretty quick process once we've done the errata to when it's available in hard copy.
0: Right, right. That one's coming out and then, or is in the process of being finalized. Yeah, yeah. And then also you mentioned uh, a pretty cool project coming up for Vampire the Requiem, which uh, was Spilled Blood, I Spilled believe. Spilled Blood,
1: yes. It's a, it's a Night horse book. So yes, Requiem will have three Night horse books. Um, I don't think anyone's complaining about that. <laughs> uh, this book is... Um, Mostly vampire antagonists and vampire adjacent antagonists. Mm -hmm. So most of the book is bloodlines. So there's a chapter that's a bunch of bloodlines and they can be player. I I made sure that they have reasons to be antagonistic, but Mm -hmm. they are also could be available for players to play. They're not so they're not so antagonistic that they cannot be a player character, um, hmm. and a lot of the antagonism also comes from the characters that we have given as an example character. Hmm. Now, some uh, you know I'll preview one of the bloodlines is a Carthian bloodline, so any clan can sure. belong to this bloodline, but you have to be a Carthian to play it.
0: Fair enough.
1: And uh, they are essentially rules lawyers.
0: What? Th- yes, they are rules <laughs> okay. lawyers. They're called
1: the parliamentarians.
0: Ah, oh. And so, they, are they just following a lot of like Robert's rules of law? They, they really essentially, yeah.
1: So, so, so essentially, what hmm. they do is they they filibuster you until you want to die. Uh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> and they have mechanics to support it where they just will start pulling minutia. Uh, you know, you don't want these guys with a Carthian Lost City because they will just be like, oh, do you remember this law from this, you know, from 1982? Right. Oh, so that, that
0: plays in beautifully with uh, Secrets of the Covenants and the yes. updated rules right there. Yes. Awesome. Wow.
1: Uh, so these guys are, you know, we introduced kind of this, uh, a couple of Covenant specific blood bloodlines hmm. where any clan can join them. Um, and I give a little bit of an introduction to that in, in the introduction to kind of explain why that works and how that works. Because, you yep. know, we've seen a couple of dual clan bloodlines where they were co-developed by two originators and everything. And that's mm, kind of okay. how this functions in, uh, in this way, is that also it is a everyone in the Covenant kind of like, you know, all the clans kind of originated this bloodline. And so you can find an, a person... Uh, from any clan within the Covenant that could teach you this bloodline, no matter what your clan is.
0: I like that. That's nice. Yeah. Cool. So we talked a lot about Vampire the Requiem. Are there any other World of Darkness games that you're working on that you uh, might want to mention some uh, upcoming stuff for?
1: So there's some Mage the Awakening stuff that's coming out. Um, It's been in the pipeline for a long time, actually. There's Hmm. a... Artifacts and uh, kind of like magical spell book that is Signs of Sorcery. Yep. Uh, it's just in editing right now, and so it's moving forward, you know, kind of at a quick clip. And then there's an, a Night Horrors book coming out for Mage the Awakening as well. So uh, that's their second? It will be its second okay. one. And right. these are uh, strictly mage. So there's mage antagonists, so there's, you know, you see some Seers of the Throne, you're going to see mm, some. Nice. Uh, you're going to see some banisher types. You're going to see um, some, you know, Celestis and some other stuff. Uh, yeah. But, yeah, so that book is mostly mages who are antagonistic to uh, to other mages, which, sure. cool. you know, does involve uh, a section. That, it's in second drafts right now, so it'll be a while before it comes out. Sure. Um, but we, you know, including in an introduction kind of the second edition Chronicles of Darkness stuff is actually um, combat is really lethal in Chronicles of Darkness to begin with.
0: Yeah, and when you're certainly in second edition, in
1: second edition, right? And when you're a mage and you can like throw lightning bolts at people, yeah, combat becomes very lethal very so that quickly. Was,
0: that was actually going to be my follow-up <laughs> question. How do you balance all these different mages?
1: Um, so that's actually something that we're kind of trying to address. Is that you know mm. you can't just like you can't just change the rules or anything, but right. there's there are ways to essentially, if you have an antagonist who's a mage and, you know, they have godlike powers. Well, the PCs also have godlike powers and they're going to get into mm-hmm. a godlike power fest. And the, the first time somebody loses a counterspell, they're just going to be evaporated, right? Which is not great, yeah. and not fun. Yeah. Um, so there's there's other ways to handle that as far as like giving things defenses against specifically godlike powers. So prime armor okay. um, and making sure that your antagonists have prime armor or that your PCs have it available okay. to them so that they can protect themselves even if their counterspell doesn't work. Right, They're not okay. going to take 10 health levels worth of damage yeah, immediately. Understood. And there's also Paradox in 2nd Edition Awakening is uh, a lot a lot more of a deterrent than it used to be just because mm. uh, it is a little worse whenever it ha- does happen and it's easier to avoid by not making your spells too big.
0: Right, right, right. right. Yeah. Nice, interesting. Cool. All right. So I've got uh, two questions left here. Okay, First cool. one I gave you a heads up about. Sure. So, yeah. All right. Let's, let's give you a role-playing scenario here. All right. Okay. The house is burning. Yes. Listen, the, the pets are fine. You know, the spouse, kids, whatever, that's all good. But you can only save one role-playing game book. Which book do you save? This
1: is, this is a, a false problem.
0: A false problem? It
1: is a false problem because I'm going to save my computer, and all my PDFs are on the computer. Okay,
0: I mean, (laughs) no one's actually said that before, and that's a great point. (laughs) Um, I'm saving them all. Okay, computer's safe. (laughs) We can only save one physical Physical book in the library.
1: You know, this is really hard because I Mm. have, like, books that aren't in print anymore, like first edition red box dnd bullshit Ooh yeah yeah but i don't like that game yeah <laughs> like first edition dnd like i'm never gonna play that um yeah
0: there's this game just side note there's this game roost that i was looking for for a really long time it's this uh russian fantasy game yeah that was published in australia and yeah. only a limited number came to the united states oh yeah i have a copy of it super rare it's god-awful. I don't know <laughs> right. if I would save it in the right. burning building. Right,
1: it's like I have these books that, like, you know, w- are not in print anymore, could not yeah. get a copy of now if I wanted to, except for, like, for millions of dollars on eBay or maybe. I yeah. don't know. Uh, but, like, I don't know that I would save them. I'm not sure I care enough. Yeah. Uh, and so, you know, I don't...
0: It's not about the money. It's Danielle. not about the money. It's, it's about the love. Yeah it, yeah, it is.
1: And that's that's really rough because I love so many of my games. And then I I also am not... I'm not so attached to them that I wouldn't just let them all burn. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I might just save my Requiem book because I really hate having to, like, do work without a physical book in my hand. Yeah.
0: Do you have a lot of tabs already in it so you can quick um, reference?
1: You know, I use... dog leaves? I, I don't actually oh, okay. because I don't like doing that to my books. Fair uh enough. Instead, Instead, the table of contents is really good. And I
0: just... Oh, in second edition, yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah. It's a really good table of contents. I just use that. Yep. Okay, fair enough.
0: Okay, great answer. <laughs> and uh, there's one question that we ask uh, all of our guests here on the show. Sure. Which is, if you could be a household appliance, which would you be and why?
1: I think I'd want to be a toaster oven. I like it. The reason why is because not everybody has a toaster oven. I don't. And they're so versatile because mm-hmm. that's literally the only way you can make toasted cheese bread.
0: Yeah. How <laughs> else would you make it? I you, guess you can't. You can. make it on a...
1: You could make it on the skillet, but then it's just a grilled cheese.
0: Yeah. I think you're right. That's a unique and good item. (laughs) Wow. Incredible. Great. All right. Daniel, thank you very much for coming here on the show. Is there any way that uh, you like people to contact you if they have any questions or comments or anything like that? no uh that's fine
1: (laughs) (laughs) no i do have a twitter um i almost never use it but if you want to follow me you're welcome to uh it's impernius i m p e r n i o u s it doesn't mean anything it's not a real word i made it up when i was 16 and i still use it for everything (laughs)
0: all right (laughs) so fair enough cool yeah and uh if anyone wants to get in contact with darker days radio we of course have our twitter at darker days radio we're on facebook facebook.com slash darker days radio we have our discord server which will have a link in the show notes for this episode and we are on you can email us at darkdaysradio at gmail.com i think it's enough social media for right there <laughs> so uh again danielle thank you so much for coming in here thank at, you for inviting me been wanting to do this for so long I know. i'm glad it finally worked out
1: yeah like ships passing in the night
0: yeah pretty much and to all the listeners out there thanks and uh have a good night This has been an episode of Darker Days Radio. Special thanks to Occam's Laser for the intro, outro, and new bumper music from their hit album, Nine Circles. Check out the rest of their work at occamslaser.bandcamp.com.